we identified back in 2010 that um, lithium was certainly going to be a, a metal of the future. The price outlook for it, and again, I read that article a few weeks ago from Goldman Sachs and you just got to wonder what they were smoking. But if you're down in the black and you own rock in the ground, you're God. If you're in that other space and you don't own your rock, you literally you're screwed by us. Welcome back to Rockstock Channel and thanks for checking in. Before we launch into the interview, we'd like to thank all our Patreon sponsors. And for those of you who are new, share a bit about us. RK Equity is an advisory firm run by Rodney Hooper and me, Howard Klein. We are exclusively focused on raising awareness about companies producing or developing the next generation critical raw materials that are powering Tesla's EV battery energy transition. Please register your email at rkequity.com and follow Rodney and me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Please also subscribe to this channel, Rockstock Channel on YouTube, as well as Lithium Ion Rocks on SoundCloud for our podcasts. Please note, Rodney and me are not financial advisors or broker dealers. Nothing you hear in this video is investment advice. Please do your own research and read the disclaimer at the end of this video or on our website. Thanks again for the support, and let's get into the video. It is Monday, Labor Day, September 5th, and uh, we are about to go kind of back to school. So the title of this one is a Back to School Easy Money in connection with my, I guess, my monthly lithium-ion bull uh, issue number 79, where I, I feature prominently you know, Piedmont Lithium, which had major news last week. Uh, I joined them for the button pushing, not bell ringing, but button pushing at the NASDAQ on uh, Monday afternoon. And then I joined them for drinks and a great steak dinner with uh, a 10 or 12 members of senior management and the board. Uh, Piedmont subsequent to that announced uh, the headquarter opening in Belmont, North Carolina, and uh, very prominently in Tennessee, a brand new, um, plan for 30,000 tons of hydroxide production for their, their, their second uh, hydroxide plant. At both the, the Tennessee announcement and at the headquarter opening in Carolina, there were very significant um, uh, politicians. Uh, U.S. Senator uh, Tom Tillis spoke in North Carolina. I do remember the meeting with Piedmont Lithium back in 2018. And since then, I've been keeping close track on this pro project, but I've learned a lot since then. I just came back from a four continent, 48 hours of air travel. And one of my stops was in Argentina. Argentina has a lot of promise for lithium production. We were talking with them about uh, their desire to get into it. And it's, they say it's all about politics. I went to Serbia four months ago, another major deposit of lithium trying to figure out how they can overcome the concerns. Chinese have a stated strategy of being the world's economic and military superpower by 2050. And they don't intend to do that uh, through a great war. They intend to do it by putting their tentacles around the globe economically. They intend to make sure that the Western world is dependent upon them for lithium, for tantalum for rare minerals, so that they can literally beat us by never firing a shot. And how on earth can we sit here knowing that we have the ability to be independent, that we have the technology and the stewardships to do it environmentally sound? How on earth can I go to Australia, or Australia as well, but Argentina and Serbia and so many other nations and say, we need lithium. 
when they know that we're sitting on top of the largest single deposit of migrate located in North America. It seems a little bit disingenuous to say we want you to mine, but we don't want to. We have to lead by example. And if we do that, we'll accelerate our self-dependence and, and eliminate reliance on China by decades. That's why I support this project. I support it being done responsibly. I'm working with the North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality, and we're gonna make sure that every box gets checked because we need this to be successful so that we can go to other communities and convince the rest of America that we have to do our part to not let it be inconceivable that China could achieve its relatively short-term goal. 2050 is only 28 years away. So I think we all have to come together and recognize the economic value of this project. Hundreds of jobs, but I also think about jobs that had nothing to do with this project, literally. But it has everything to do with future economic development for the state and for this region. This puts us on the map. I talked with Toyota. I talked with Benfast, a $6 billion electronic vehicle manufacturing project that's been granted not far from Raleigh. I've spoken to them and I've asked them how important was this potential to your decision? They said it was, it was, it was a very important fact, but it will be more important when we actually see production. So we have to work together, do it right. We have to listen to concerns of, of some folks and, and try to address the concerns. But make, make no mistake about it, I want North Carolina to be the first state in the nation to lead by example. And then we'll move on and do what we need to do for this great nation for great companies like Piedmont Lithium that are doing their part and taking the risks that they were taking because it is significant. So thank you all for being here. Mayor, thank you for your leadership, Donnie, and uh, thanks again to Piedmont Lithium. And uh, I think the governor and the mayor uh, in Tennessee was also present uh, as well as some economic officials in Tennessee. Tennessee earlier this year Ford uh, and the Blue Oval SK uh, announced uh, some 11 billion plus of investments in, in that state, you know, and, and in Kentucky, Tennessee is very much, uh, and the Southeast generally is becoming a major, you know, midstream and downstream hub auto alley for the, the EV supply chains. And on behalf of Governor Lee, it's certainly my pleasure to announce that Piedmont Lithium will locate right here in Etowah. Yes. Lithium today is all for the electric vehicle business. And we've been looking for a location to build uh, another lithium hydroxide plant. It will be the biggest lithium project ever built in North America. It'll be the cleanest, most sustainable lithium project in the world. Right now, all the production is pretty much in China. It will double current American production. It's a $582 million project. It'll employ about 120 people. It'll take a couple years to build, and we'd like to be producing lithium hydroxide in 2025. Now on the very rails on which this town was born, it will continue to grow, expand, and diversify its economy. Thank you to Piedmont Lithium. Thank you for making the right choice. Thank you for building it right here. We are excited to be a partner with you. Welcome home. We just know what this means to all the citizens. It's a higher paying wage compared to the average. It's those kinds of things that we just get so excited about because it literally changes lives. These are future facing jobs. And in time, we also hope to bring other 
allied industries into the community. I'm sure they'll find this to be a great place to operate as well. When we hear about the demand for lithium hydroxide and how we in McMinn County and Etowah actually be, get to be an answer to a problem, I think folks, uh, you know, we're going to see things going down the road, electric cars and say, hey, that, that battery is made possible because of us. So I think they take pride in that, absolutely. been talk about the power cuts in Sichuan. I read an estimate of about 3,000 tons as an impact, although I read again today, they said it would, you know, you don't just ramp straight back up to 80, 90%, take a little bit longer. So there's been a bit of, a bit of an impact, but the price essentially carbon it back up over 500,000 remnimbi in China, which is what we said. We said it was inevitable. It's now happened. The reality is we're only early September and I think the rude awakening is going to come when even when those plants come back online and there is no impact and COVID impact in uh, the Quinar brines and so on that you're still seeing strong pricing. So I think that's going to be the rude awakening. You've got, you know, China extending its uh, subsidies to the end of 2023, which is going to give impetus. Looking at the messaging coming out of SQM, Allchem, Minres, all of them are, are very positive. Chris Ellison going as far as to say, you know, he didn't know what Goldman Sachs was smoking when they wrote that report. We identified back in 2010 that um, lithium was certainly going to be a, a metal of the future. There is no alternative for lithium at the moment and it can't be replaced. It's one of the few commodities out there that has got really good visibility and that's I don't understand with a lot of the analysts. I mean, if you get your little thing called Google, you can get on there and it'll tell you how many cars they're going to make this year, next year and the year after. And it'll tell you where the producers are with rock and brine. Um, it's not a hard equation, but we're in um, supply deficit at the moment and it feels like it's going to stay there through till at least 2030. The hard rock, probably the better source of um, lithium. I think that generally speaking, the battery manufacturers get much more um, power retention in the, in the hard rock batteries. The price outlook for it, and again, I read that article a few weeks ago from Goldman Sachs, and you just got to wonder what they were smoking. But you know, if you have a look at this chart here, that's us. If you're down in the black and you own rock in the ground, you're God. Um, if you're in that other space and you don't own your rock, you literally you're screwed by us. And it's a really good place to be. I mean, I haven't been there very often. I've been on the other end. But right now, I'm, I feel really, really good about this. So over half the hydroxide around the world is made by people that don't own rock in the ground. This is a huge supply problem. I like it. Only he could say that in an earnings announcement. Their forward expected price curve for lithium hydroxide in 2025 is $55,000. So, you know, an outlier high for 2025. You did, you know, write a LinkedIn note with your price forecast, you know, for lithium, uh, which, which reflects a stronger for longer, uh, you know, but not quite as aggressive as our friend Joe Lowry put out over the weekend, which, uh, is something um, I'd encourage everyone also to read. And, um, you know, in time, uh, you know, we'll, we'll speak to, we'll speak to Joe on, on this channel or, or, or his podcast. I agree that anything, I guess, things to watch for 
Howard, which, which I, I warned previously, is the European OEMs are under no pressure now until 2025 to sell more EVs because the CO2 emission target stays flat now. So as long as you reached it in 21, you're kind of in the clear and you can keep that level. And this year, Europe is not producing the goods on EV sales growth. It's marginally up, whereas China is strong and the US is strong. So you have to just sort of, you know, factor that in. If you were hoping for big things out of Europe, I can't see it happening until later on. And we don't know what China will do post 2023 when those EV subsidies fall away. The other thing is on the supply side, and it's interesting because Chris Edison was so strong on how powerful a position the miners are in with Spodjeman, et cetera, but he mentioned that Wajina could sustain another three trains on top of the, you know, on top of the three now, which would be another 750,000 tons. And that, to be honest, I haven't factored into my models. So it will take time to ramp the first three, but if that comes up online, that's a bit of an outlier I didn't see, but you know, maybe the money's too tempting for them to go for it. I don't know where the development of Wajina ends, but I mean, it can handle another three or four trains on top of what it's got now with um, with a lot of ease. So we'll see how that develops. We get a joint venture partner and uh, we bring product on in line with um, demand. I mean, they definitely loosened up his language on ability to sell spodgmine, the Marvel joint venture. There seems definitely that there are going to be a timing you know, difference, the time at which um, conversion either comes online or is bought uh, and time that the spodgmine from Wajina is ready. And to the extent that the conversion is not ready, but there are other converters with sufficient capacity to take the spodumene uh, mineral resources, he said he's going to whack it into the market. So we're, we're obviously up front, we're going to be producing more spod than we can treat because we don't have the plants for it. And we may, look, we may use toll treaters um, long term. So. Yeah, but if you, you know, can you sell spot if you can't find a toll treater or oh, is yeah. that part you of know, the We have an agreement with them that if we're producing more uh, spot than we can um, to either toll treat or go put through our plants, yeah. we're going to whack it into the market and sell it. Yeah, we've agreed to do that. How did you notice in the language about the marketing rights coming back to Minres? The other thing that we've done is that a while back Albemarle had all the marketing rights so they could market it to whoever they wanted for whatever price they wanted. So part of the, tra the trade down on the, um, um, the sell down on Kemerton was that I want control back of my pricing. So our, they're still going to sell our product, but they sell it under our model. So we have a, a combined indices that we want them to sell at. So whatever the indices is on the day when we load the ship, that's what they'll pay. Very much like iron ore. When you load a ton of iron ore on a ship, it's that number that's published. So. What I don't like to do, I don't like to hedge any of our commodity or any of our dollar. We just take the price of the day. Mal asked me what I'm going to do one day when it all turns around and there's more um, supply than demand. And I said, I'll do what I always do, I'll change. But in the meantime, while it's supply short, we're going to take advantage of the price on the way up. And I, I am fairly convinced that I've got five to seven years of, of that. Albemarle should not be taking price risk. They can't have like fixed rate hydroxide and then be buying the 50% share from Wagener, you know, at a variable price. 
So might that tip Albemarle to do what BHP and Rio did in the iron ore market, you know, in 2010, you know, move off those contracts and then go full quarterly, uh, you know, pricing. Chris Ellison talks about this as a commodity. Like, like if you look at the slides, spodumene is in the, you know, in the commodities <laughs> camp, you know, under the heading of commodities. And he's basically, he yeah, wants to just, you know, he wants to put it on a boat, right. You know, at the spot price, you know, that day. So he treats it as a commodity in the same way that SQM treats it as a commodity. If you look at that calculation, just right now, so they've restructured the joint venture. They got 10% more in Wajina and they got 25% less in Kemerton two trains. Okay, so the 10% on Wajina, you just said they could expand by another three trains. Just trying to think about like how you could equate, equate the economic value of you know 10% Wagner versus 25% no, I mean, Cameron. That's, that's a good point, Todd, because if three trains would be 750,000 tons, seven and a half tons per ton of hydroxide. So that's 100,000 tons of hydroxide. He's getting 50,000 tons if he does all of that versus giving up 25% of whatever it is, 50,000, so 12 and a half. So he must see on balance upside in, in the Wajina. It's going to be very interesting to see this, you know, this push pull between Albemarle and Minrez as it pertains to pricing, because what's driving prices? Is it spodumene that's driving chemical prices or is it chemical prices that are, you know, that are driving spodumene prices? <laughs> I, I would say that it's chemical prices because spodumene still to a large extent lags. There's only a bit of spot the price of spodumene still gets set by chemical prices on balance. As Minrez becomes more an integrated player, he has more and more of a vested interest not to sell spodumene. Uh, and you've seen they have an ambition over the next five years to have 115,000 tons of effective attributable production volume. That's why I, it was interesting looking at their forward price on hydroxide would suggest that you're going to you know, manage this process properly, but Sigma will look to come online and then double as well. You know, core is drilling. You've got NAL wanting to get up online. You've got Atlantic Lithium, you've got Gulamina, you know, so there are assets out there. So there is, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, bullish. I just, that's why I didn't have a rising price in my forecast, because I do think that people are going to push. And let's be honest, I mean, Ganfin has come up a little bit short in their earnings. Their earnings results showed slightly on the lower end. And they were sort of wailing a little bit about, I think, about Mount Marion's feet, because for all the talk of the upgrade process and what have you, only 40% of that feed is high grade. So you need quite a lot of tonnage of the lower grade to produce. So Ganfin has every, you know, every reason to push Gulamina as fast as it can. A lot of the assets you mentioned, when I think about this and the broader market, I think we're going to have M&A. Um, you know, the, the, the amount of money that Pilbara is making, we, we covered that in our conversation with uh, Dale Henderson. You get someone like critical elements, you wake up tomorrow and they get the final permitting or whatever. If you look at the NPV versus the price, it makes no sense. You know, I think there's a bit of a spodumene duopoly at present, you know, which is mineral resources and Albemarle, you know, and then Pilbara, right, who have tons uh, that they can kind of bring online. But yes, we have new entrants coming to the market like Sigma and Core, 
uh, over time, I think those might get swallowed up by some of these bigger players. Uh, even Mineral Resources said that they're looking at assets around the globe, not just in their Western Australia backyard. We're looking around the world to make sure if there's any other opportunities out there on, uh, on lithium, we are, uh, we're keen. I wrote something on this about four years ago, is in the end, there's going to be mid-sized assets that are still quite big that are going to be the stopgap for this market. And look at the valuations of the companies that have that look like they're on their way to 50 or 100 million tons or whatever. So you've got Patriot, you've got Global Lithium, you've got some of the others because guys are going to want those long life. Look at the, remember how shocked we were when Wajina got the price that it got. Yeah, I was thinking about that, that that was a great deal for Albemarle. We, everyone thought they overpaid, but, uh, you know, it's looking the, very smart in hindsight. They did, but they took a long term view. And you look at something like Liontown or what have you, everyone's got commentary, but look at the size of the asset and look at the valuation and where that can go. Some of the stuff that looks to be that, you know, the mid sized, well, good sized 50 million plus tons is definitely going to you know in the right jurisdiction is going to um is going to attract interest even a much smaller deposit in core okay has a two billion valuation because they're producing in the current market so if you can you know produce in the current market before 2025 even if you have a small asset or not even a super high grade asset um you can make a lot of money so uh, like North American Lithium, you know, owned by Siana and Piedmont, you know, they're largely fully funded. They're going to start, you know, whacking spodumene into the market, um, you know, sometime next year. You know, Piedmont and all that it's released or whatever, it could be generating an unbelievable EBITDA in the near term. But, you know, if North American Lithium gets up next year and Atlantic can get up in 24, then Piedmont's trading on a on an EV EBITAR of uh, two or something. It's something yeah. ridiculous. You mentioned Patriot. Ken Brinsden didn't stay in retirement for too long. <laughs> he came out <laughs> um, as, the, as the chairman of Patriot, which is drilling in Quebec. We, I have a chart in the, um, the, the, the lithium bull of the, the life cycle of a mining company, right? And you have, you know, the, the price goes up, you know, in the exploration kind of discovery phase. And then it goes up again as you're going into production, and then you have a bunch of um, you know years where your stocks are underperforming while you're going through permitting and partnering and and, and et cetera. So some of the companies you mentioned, you know, like critical elements, you know, I would even argue like EMH is kind of like it's already been discovered. It's kind of like in that middle period, but not yet, you know, on, on the path to production until they get final permits or final partners and the like. But you have, you mentioned Global Lithium, there's Green Technology Metals, there's Winsome Resources, you know, there, there's, um, and Patriot, you know, is kind of showing the way for, you know, Quebec, Ontario, you know, Western Australia, Hard Rock exploration success. But I, but I think it's very telling that Ken and a lot of other Aussies are, are putting their, their, their impromptu, you know, on Canada, something we've been arguing for ever. The, the, the time has come, I think, you know, with, 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 with Piedmont and Sayana bringing North American lithium and Livent is, is going to advance Namaska next quarter. We're going to hear more about that. Allchem in James Bay. You mentioned Frontier. So, you know, the hard rock to hydroxide, you know, in North America, you know, in Ontario, Quebec, Carolina, now Tennessee.
uh, you know, through Piedmont that's happening. But let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, graphite and nickel as well, if we could just kind of conclude on that. Uh, I had Todd Malin of uh, Talon Metals on a recent, uh, you know, Minds and Money 5 at 5 interview uh, talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, nickel, you know, and also graphite. Into the RA and the free trade agreement and where components come from, what have you, it's got to hugely favor, you know, domestic resources, you know, where, and, and you know, free trade. So Oz, Canada, you know, are going to be, should be, you know, big recipients. And, uh, and, you know, if you look, the only high grade nickel sulfide development project is Talon and they've just bought a lot of land around the Eagle mine. So, um, you know, they should be a, a, a huge recipient, you know, Tiz has already moved in on them for an agreement, but you know, they, you know, that's highly prospective ground that they've taken around the Eagle. It should, you know, with their drilling success and prowess, I mean, they are spectacular um, drillers. They really are very effective. And then on the graphite side, you know, Nouveau Mon looking to do the commercial pilot of 2000 tons. They're also perfectly located, zero carbon. Again, graphite plays in, uh, in Oz and Canada, you know, that's been a China dominated thing and they are going to fall outside of that battery component piece. So they should be huge recipients. We haven't seen the move because, see, lithium is in the limelight, but I think, you know, graphite's going uh, to have its day and uh, those that produce are going to, um, you know, we saw the DOE sign give a loan. I think that's, that they're going to benefit. That's very, I was going to say, the very first loan that the Department of Energy gave out was to a graphite processing plant, a very similar business model to Nouveau Monde, except that's a Mozambique mine and the DOE is financing the conversion um, in Louisiana. In Nouveau Monde's case, you know, they got the mine and the conversion that's all going to take place in Quebec. I, think, uh, Howard, that, I don't think people understand the extent relative to other commodities or battery metals, the extent to which the world is reliant on Chinese anode material. It's crazy. Every chart you see, it shows lithium <laughs> and graphite being <laughs> the, the most growth and the most, you know, I think reliant on, on China, uh, but you haven't seen it show up yet in the graphite price. We've said this yes, a number of times. Under the RA, I think this is going to, from an American perspective, is going to put ex-China free trade agreement suppliers into the spotlight. Tesla, there was an article that uh, Tesla was sniffing around um, in, in, in Nouveau Monde. Uh, I think it was an Electrek article uh, last week. And there were lots of articles. That's why we did this um, uh, video about maybe Tesla having a next gigafactory in, in Canada, um, you know, because there are all these noises about Tesla lobbying and otherwise uh, looking around at various things uh, in, in the country. Uh, but yeah, there hasn't been a ton of news flow, um, you know, in the graphite space, other than that loan. Um, and uh, but it, 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 no it, mistake, it, Howard, it's coming. RA and under the formulas and what have you, given how much graphite goes into a battery, uh, you know, despite all the talk of silicon doping and all those other things, it's still a fairly small percentage. You know, graphite is still a key material. 
it's going to it's going to pop up. I mean, it's just that you know lithium prices are very high, so on a buy value basis, you know everyone's looking at lithium at the moment. But you know if prices do subdue a bit, graphite's going to come right back into focus. I agree. Let's uh, leave it at that, uh, Rodney. Uh, this was just a good update. End of summer, beginning of the school year.